You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me, as always, is Matt Williamson. Follow Matt on Twitter at WilliamsonNFL. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm terrific. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm I don't know about you. I'm starting to look forward to the the pro days we have coming up. And of course, this year they're going to be more important than ever because of the uh, lack of combine. And um, honestly, in a, in a normal year, I kind of write off the pro days. I, I don't yeah. really I don't really pay much attention to them at all. I don't know if you're that way. It's going to be very different this year. They are going to be very important. Yeah. I'm like you. They're kind of anticlimactic after the whole combine experience, and a couple guys you go look, and I don't put a lot of you know faith in it or a, a lot of you know uh, stock in it, and much more into the combine. And so for those reasons, like you're saying, I am very excited to get the pro day report, but I don't know how much I can trust it. You know, like yeah. that worries me a little bit. I don't want to overreact to it either, because it's all we got. Right, right, yeah, that, and that's honestly why I I don't trust it much right. uh, in a typical year is because it's not universally timed. It's you know, those I mean those numbers are traditionally questioned, obviously much more than what we get at the combine. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't heard if they are running those pro days differently. I. I I know that each school is limited to one. Sometimes they stretch those out, and uh, of course they they even I guess broke that that rule with the um, the Trevor Lawrence issue. They right. they let him have the early combine, so he his is in the books already, and he's had his surgery. Uh, the rest of the Clemson players will work out uh, in the coming weeks, but these really get ramped up in in the next week or so, and. They're, they're going to be more important than ever, and, and I think what you said is is really going to be the ultimate question for for draft fans, for dynasty players, is how much are we going to trust this information and these numbers that are coming from the combine, or yeah. from the pro days? I, I mean, the people in the NFL, the, the, the scouts and the general managers and all those guys, they're all going to get the right numbers, and they're, they're going to decipher them how they will, and they would obviously rather have one shop shopping at the combine. And they've been to all these buildings and know, you know, College X has a faster track than this one or whatever. Mm, you know, yeah. historically good times. And I've been there. I can understand this track surface is faster. But us, I'm a little worried just with the validity of the numbers we'll get and the report, you know, third-hand information. This guy looked great running routes versus air. Like, eh, okay, you know, or... His vertical, I mean, okay, I'm, that's probably correct, but I'd rather watch it on NFL Network and say, wow, he just jumped 38 inches, you know? Yeah, yeah. It will be an interesting topic. We'll certainly touch on this quite a bit more uh, in the coming weeks and, and really over the next month or so as uh, we see all of these pro days play out. Matt, what we're going to talk about today and focus on today is Superflex Dynasty ADP. Uh, we had talked about this leading up to... Um, to February, we uh, we even did the series, the team building series, where we drafted one player from each round, mm-hmm. uh, and, and now we've got this February 
ADP data. And, and of course, the, the big news coming from this is the rookies are included. So today we're uh, going to focus on the first two rounds of Superflex Dynasty ADP, ADP data. This comes from Dynasty League Football. And we do see uh, we see a rookie making an appearance. Um, so we'll 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 talk about that uh, here in the first round. Actually, let's uh, let's jump right in. I'm going to go over the the names here in order from one to twelve, and then we'll hit on on a couple of points as uh, we go through. No surprise, one point oh one Patrick Mahomes. He is the quarterback one. Um, like I said, no surprise there. That's pretty obvious. To me, after that, it's wide open. I think you can make a case for uh, at least three players to be the quarterback, too. Uh, maybe even more than that. Yeah. I, I know you have said recently Josh Allen is your quarterback, too. Is that still the case? Do you think it's close? How are you feeling after Mahomes? Yeah, Allen is my two, but there's four or five, I think, that are in that conversation. Not to, you know, break in, you know, spoil anything, but Lamar Jackson's a little down this list. I still think you mm-hmm. can make an argument for him being two. Oh, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen uh, is the quarterback, too, so our uh, our drafters that participate in these mock drafts agree with you. Josh Allen, quarterback, too. Obviously, very close, as you said. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback, three. I think I would actually have Watson at two right now. Just looking at what looking at what he was able to do um, in really a, what what's turned into a terrible situation. It's it's steadily gotten worse over the years. Um, but looking at how he was still able to perform, and uh, I'm I'm still expecting him to be traded. I know the the recent reports are that the Texans are are holding firm, not interested in trading him. Not going to give in to those demands. I still think he ultimately gets dealt, and uh, it's hard to imagine him going to a worse situation than, <laughs> right. than he's in now. That's a good point. I mean, man, I don't know. The Jets? Um, I, I hear you. I mean, he's a super football player. He's super productive. The Texans had the most yards per play in the league last year, tied with Kansas City without much around him. That's all on this guy. I mean, he's going to run to where, where he goes. He's probably only getting better as a football player. So I would still rather have Allen just because I know who he has around him and I know he has digs and I know he's going to run, although maybe they'll cut that back a little. But it's close. I mean, again, Lamar's in this conversation. Murray. I mean, there's, there's some phenomenal guys here at the top, which brings me to another conversation I want to have here pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, just back on Watson, I, I know the, the – it's easy to throw out the Jets, but knowing Houston is likely losing Will Fuller, who was yeah. was their big playmaker there, I mean, is the Jets situation much worse than no uh, than Houston? The and, Jets with uh, money and and picks and Devontae. Right, you, know, right, you could right. definitely you could definitely argue they're offensive skill wise and and even including the offensive line that the jets are 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 better than houston uh good point you know with taking out the quarterback position with with that being kind of the wild card all right let's keep going 1.04 this is our first non-quarterback we've got our rb1 christian mccaffrey uh probably no surprise there i know some people are starting to maybe move 
some of the young guys up into that top running back spot, but this is still McCaffrey for now. Is 1.04 too early for McCaffrey? That's where I was going with this. Yeah. Let's let's go do the rest of the round and then ask me that again if you would. Sounds good. Okay. Let's let's run through it. 1.05, we go back to the quarterback position, Kyler Murray, 1.06, Justin Herbert. So we've got five quarterbacks in the first six picks. Uh, then we mix it up a little. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 1.07, 1.08, Jonathan Taylor, a couple of the young running backs there we talked about. And then back to the quarterback position, 1.09, Lamar Jackson, 1.10, Dak Prescott, 1.11, here he is, Trevor Lawrence, the nice. quarterback eight off the board. He is a first rounder. And 1.12, the only receiver, the first receiver, Devontae Adams, wide receiver one. That's the first round of our Superflex Dynasty uh, ADP. Uh, so let's let's go back to McCaffrey. Okay. To me, 1.04 feels too early. First of all, I, I don't see a huge gap between he and Taylor. And honestly, I think you could make a strong argument for Jonathan Taylor being the RB1 in Dynasty right now. Uh, but but quite simply, I'm I'm focusing on the quarterback position. I can't imagine taking uh, McCaffrey over Murray, over Herbert, even over Lamar Jackson, who's down there at ninth overall. We've been doing this together too long because we agree on this heavily. In fact, I think if I could pick these in order, my first eight picks would all be quarterbacks. Like I would think I'd take Lawrence over any running back or wide receiver right now. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, and maybe um, some guys that aren't even listed here. I mean, just... Right, right. We've got Dak Prescott there at right. 10. We we did this. We talked a lot about our team-building strategy a few weeks ago in that exercise. We both said we liked to build around quarterbacks. But seeing how they're coming off the board here, uh, I mean, we've got eight quarterbacks in the first 11 picks overall, five in the first six picks. Obviously, they're being valued at a very high level, and I want to grab one while we can. We're going to look at the second round uh, after the break, and and you'll see the the huge drop-off at the quarterback position. Yeah, these guys are super, super valuable. I think I would gladly take all these guys ahead of McCaffrey. Yeah, we've got Devontae Adams. I mentioned he was the wide receiver one. He's the... um, the, Sneaks into the first round at the 1.12 pick. I'm not taking any receiver in the no. first round of this format. You, you agree? I 100% agree. Even though he's my one, there's probably eight backs I'd take ahead of him, maybe a dozen quarterbacks. It's just it's just a scarcity th- situation. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned already, last thing I wanted to hit on with the first round before we take a break, no issue with Trevor Lawrence in round one, right? Nope. I mean, maybe people are like, but he's going to the Jags. Well, the Jags have... New people in charge and a lot of cap space and another pick in the first round and another very early second rounder and all kinds of draft capital going forward. Like, that might look pretty darn rosy. And I bet he's throwing late in games quite a bit too. Yeah. Well, DJ Chark, uh, LaVisca Chenault, James Robinson, that's, I mean, that's not, they're not the best guys in the league, but that's a pretty solid core to walk into for, for a rookie quarterback. Right. And maybe they add... Firemuth or somebody like that or Hunter Henry. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they have the potential to put a lot around them 
or a really good receiving back or a good slot receiver. You know, I mean, there's going to be something else added to that offense more than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, we see uh, we see free agents and, and players kind of gravitating towards um, teams that they think have a chance to be really special. I mean, obviously, we saw that with the Bucks over the past year as they they brought in Gronk, they brought in Fournette, they um, they brought Baby in. And- Right, yeah, right, right. So Friends of Brady. we see that. Yeah, we see that a lot in the in, in the NBA, actually. But um, they're definitely not going to be Super Bowl contenders anytime soon. I, I don't think. But you almost wonder with the new coaching staff and with Lawrence there, if that's the type of team that that NFL players, free agents, want to sign up for and, and give it a shot. I think they will be because they have the money to give them. You could save on Florida taxes. You know, Urban Meyer has a lot of connections to some great players from his college days that he coached directly or recruited or whatever. And I think everyone realizes Lawrence is a special player. Not to mention, I'm not sure the AFC South's all that scary to me either. It's not like there's a chief sitting there in front of me here, you know? Yeah, yeah, good point. When we come back, we'll take a look at the second round. Folks, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college hoops, and NHL are moving in full swing. Uh, bet online even covers different awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 50%. Bet online, your, your online sports book experts. Promo code is locked on, all one word, all caps, and that'll get you your 50% off welcome bonus. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and successes of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents more than the game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints discuss holding space and blackness in sports. Subscribe to Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. Matt, let's dive into round two of our Superflex Dynasty ADP. Uh, remember in round one of those 12 players, eight of them were quarterbacks. So you're thinking eight teams have now started their draft with a quarterback. We said that was so important in this format. Uh, Let's see what round two brings. And it starts, as you might expect, (laughs) with a couple of quarterbacks. We've got 2.01. Joe Burrow is the quarterback nine. 2.02. Russell Wilson is quarterback 10. And I'm going to spoil a little bit here, Matt. This is the last quarterback in this round. So we've got the top 10 quarterbacks coming off the board in the first 14 picks of this ADP. And then nothing through the rest of the the 10 picks in round two. That obviously tells us we're looking at a huge drop off in value from those top 10 quarterbacks, from Russell Wilson to everyone else. Yeah, and again, I think there's a really strong case that Burrow and Wilson, whose stock has really fallen, and it might be a little they're a little rough on Russell here, um, should be first-round picks. I mean, I would take both of them over Adams. I know that, who went in the last pick of the first round in the first segment. 
Um, I think there is a drop-off after the top 10, which makes me really crave, I better get one of those 10, and if I can get two somehow, wow, I'm really in the driver's seat in my league already. Yeah, I totally agree with you on Burrow especially. I would certainly take him over uh, over Devontae Adams, mm-hmm. over, um, I think I'd take him over Saquon Barkley, honestly. Wow, yeah. Uh, and, and and maybe maybe any of those running backs. Um, that's I just don't get shut know. out on these top ten. Yeah, um, yeah, you've you've got to get one right, and two um, teams are gonna get shut out at least. Right, right. So Burrow and Wilson come off the top two picks in round two, and and no other quarterbacks. Uh, let's go back to Russell Wilson for a minute. Obviously, his value has dropped. The way he started last season, he was being uh, his name was being thrown out as as maybe maybe he's the quarterback one overall in dynasty. He's the guy putting up the huge points every week. And it really just fell off a cliff. We know the Seahawks changed their play style. They they stopped letting Russ cook. They went back to that run-heavy, defensive focus in the back half of the season. Um, it, it certainly didn't work out for Russell Wilson or, or DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. All of the those guys saw their numbers drop uh, in the back half of the season. What are your expectations moving forward? I think he's a great football player, and I think Pete Carroll's a really good coach, although I'm a little open to the idea that the game's starting to pass them by philosophically a little bit. But he's got two great receivers. I still think, I mean, I got a blurb on my phone right when we hit about to hit record. I forget who it was, Schefter or Lockenfor or something like that. That, that, you know, it would take at least three first-rounders to pry Wilson out of Seattle. Like, I can't believe that's even being discussed. I mean, I've brushed that off to no end. Is that kind of rumor going to heat up? And would that help his stock? I would say yes, it would help his stock. I still can't believe that he'll get moved. But I think he has a lot of great football ahead of him. He still runs quite a bit, and he's smarter than ever about it. I mean, he seems like he's being discredited a little too much, in my opinion. So, moving that over to a dynasty focus, you would consider him a buy low in dynasty. Yeah, but I guess my question is, do I prefer him to Lawrence or Burrow or Dak? I'm not sure that I do, but he's clearly one of these ten. Draw a line under him, and therefore one of the most important assets in Superflex, period. Yeah, yeah, I certainly agree with that. I do like the idea of buying low on him. Uh, he's he's not going away anytime soon, and um, I, I I don't think he ultimately gets traded. Uh, I know that the cap ramifications would are, are kind of tough there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't makes little sense I, I, to me. Yeah, I don't really lean on that too much. I, I think the salary cap is kind of a joke the way teams can maneuver around it, but still something that the the Seahawks would obviously have to consider and, and factor in. So I don't think he gets moved, but I kind of wish he would, honestly. Be great for him. Yeah, let's look at the rest of the picks. And uh, as we already said, no quarterback. So we are looking at a bunch of wide receivers and running backs. We'll sneak in uh, a tight end as well. 2.03, Dalvin Cook. He's the running back four. 2.04 is Alvin Kamara. He's the running back five. Uh, I'm surprised that's the order. After the season we saw Alvin Kamara have, I know we're talking about back-to-back picks. So obviously these guys are close. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have 
projected Kamara to be that RB4, if not even higher. Yes, but I think there's much uncertainty in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Uh, remember last week we had Curtis Patrick on. He had just pulled off that big trade where he was uh, moving on from Kamara, picking up uh, Antonio Gibson and other pieces. This It, it kind of feels like a broken record for me because we, we have said this a bunch, especially in the offseason. I would be moving Alvin Kamara yeah. and Dalvin Cook. Uh, honestly, I don't think – and those guys are not must-trades. You don't have to get out of them depending on your team makeup. But I think it's kind of your last chance to really maximize your value. And um, I don't think Christian McCaffrey is, is too far behind that. Probably not. I mean, backs just don't last. I, I think the uncertainty in New Orleans is very legit. Um, Cook has an injury history. Uh, they have value. I mean, you could win a certainly have a... If you had Cook and Kamara right now, you probably are the, the favorite to win your non-Superflex um, League. I mean, they, they still are going to be really high redraft picks. But if you could get two, three things for them, Swift and something, or, you know, two firsts this year, I think the timing is absolutely right to make a move like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, again, we had Burrow, Russell Wilson, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, the first four picks of round two. Let's roll off the rest of them. 2.05, Nick Chubb. 2.06, Travis Kelsey. Then we get some wide receivers. 2.07, DK Metcalf. He is the wide receiver, two. 2.08, Justin Jefferson. 2.09, A.J. Brown. 2.10, Tyreek Hill. Four straight wide receivers. Those guys obviously bunched in. Uh, I think you can make an argument for some of those over Devontae Adams, which, again, just, just kind of makes Adams uh, – it's crazy to say Adams. Yeah. Right. It's crazy to say he's a bad pick, but I, I don't love the value looking at the other receivers that are available later. Right. Uh, two point, Let's go ahead. Yeah, 2.11. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. 2.11, DeAndre Swift. He is the RB7. And 2.12, Stefan Diggs, the wide receiver six. Uh, he continues to uh, kind of defy what we've seen and and gain value at age uh, at age 27, I believe he is after that huge season. Uh, if if we're valuing Stefan Diggs in the same range that we're valuing DeAndre Swift and and some of these uh, players that we'll throw out in just a moment, I would be a seller on him as as awesome as he is, as great of a season as he had. Uh, I I would be moving on. We've we've just seen too many wide receivers that age, yeah. Um, including Michael Thomas, lose value quickly. I mean, Thomas doesn't even crack the top two rounds here, and he was the consensus wide receiver one, uh, just one year ago. just yeah. Uh, yeah, less than a year ago. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna say Swift would not last a two eleven in a draft I was in. You know, because of some of these people around him, and I think Diggs does stick out a little bit as. A second-round pick, I know he's the last pick in round two, but I only have one guy on my team, and the second guy I add to my team is Diggs. Man, I don't know that that's good team building. Right. Again, and, and part of that goes back to the depth of the wide receiver position. Here we are, 24 picks in, uh, six wide receivers off the board, but when you think about the other wide outs, including Michael Thomas, including DeAndre Hopkins, who are still available, it just makes the value of Diggs feel uh feel a little bit off um plus all the guys Travis coming Kel- into the league you know if we're gonna include lawrence and not to mention the cd lambs and judy's from last year and 
you know, all the guys that are the rookies that are incoming. There's just a lot of interesting receivers. Yeah. Any problem with Travis Kelsey at 2.06? No, but him and Kittle were about the same for me. So if I'm going to, I think they both should be in this conversation. Yeah. We talked about the fall off at, at, um, the quarterback position. Russell Wilson was the quarterback 10, no other quarterbacks drafted in round three. We did see Aaron Rodgers. Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts. So three more quarterbacks coming off in round three. Uh, I'm taking those three over most of these wide receivers. Once again, just because of the depth of the wide receiver position. Yeah, I I think you're right. I mean, just an every week starting quarterback over an every week starting wide receiver, even if it's a wide receiver one, I want the quarterback. And I assume that would also entail you know, Wilson from BYU, how far mm-hmm. off are Carr and Stafford and Mayfield? You know, I mean, those guys all have a lot of value in this format. Yeah. Well, I don't know about Carr. Uh, do, you, do you think Carr is in the, that same conversation as Stafford and, and, and Baker Mayfield? I'm not a big Mayfield guy. So, yes, on Mayfield, I'll take Stafford okay. over all those guys. Huh. Okay. Carr would be uh, a dis- a quite a bit tier, lower. Really yeah, good. yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks in the league that I'm just not confident they're starters in, mm-hmm. in 2022, and Derek Carr is one of those. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I think that's founded. I think he's ha- coming off a good year. It sounds like they're going to stick with him and maybe move Mariota. Um, yeah. But I don't know how much I believe coming out of that building either. Yeah, that's true. Matt, when we come back, we'll continue our Rookie Profile Series. We'll take a look at Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, first, one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money. And then you can use that for other important things like mortgage or food. You know, Maybe you just like to fix up your car for a hobby or you want to make it very personalized. But you know, you got to go to rockauto.com if that's what you're in, into. I mean, you'll save so much money. It's so much better than these big chain stores and whatnot. These chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus do-it-yourselfers. So rockauto.com's prices are the same and same for everybody and exactly and reliably low for everyone. Rock Auto always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear at the given time. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Uh, they have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Uh, whether it's your classic or daily driver or something you're fixing up, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Um, best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always incredibly low. And like I said, the same for professionals as they are for you guys. You do it yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast.
Matt, let's talk about Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, the junior wide receiver from USC. Uh, obviously a name we know. We'll get into that a little bit more later. He's six foot one, 195 pounds. That's what we have reported as of now. Uh, we'll wait and see what, what the pro day tells us, and then we'll have to decide if we even trust that. Uh, St. Brown entered college as a, a five-star recruit, a high school All-American, uh, and, and really made an immediate impact. 750 yards, couple touchdowns as a freshman. And I know I play in several Devi leagues. He was a, a hot asset. Really? Uh, really, really entered the uh, college ranks as a, as a valuable player because of his uh, success in high school and, and his recruiting status. But after that freshman year, uh, I, I know Devi players were, were really chasing him. And it seems like, the perception has changed a little bit since then that he's just kind of leveled off. He's, he's certainly been productive. He ends his three-year career with over 2,000 yards, 16 touchdowns. He, he had a great career, but I don't know. Maybe he's getting lost in the shuffle a little bit of this strong wide receiver class. Have you had a chance to look at St. Brown too much? Some, not a ton. Um, I mean, you meant mentioned you know a lot of fanfare coming into USC uh, the family was well known I'm sure that helped his profile and everybody he wasn't gonna sneak under the radar and then he exceeded expectations I would think as a freshman mm-hmm. you know I mean the, a lot of people out there are really big on and the numbers bared out that if you have a lot of success at a very young age especially at a big school like USC that's a great indicator of future success I don't know that he stands out with extreme quickness or extreme size or any attribute that just goes, wow, you know, but he's very smooth and he's good in all things. Yeah, I think that's that's a great point that uh, a solid all-around player, but he doesn't have that that one trait that, that really does stand out, that, that puts him at the forefront of um, a, a fantasy players' minds, and, and maybe we could say the same about – uh, NFL scouts and, and decision makers. Uh, St. Brown is is known as an excellent route runner. Um, really, really can maneuver on the field. Right? Mm-hmm. He he can uh, he. It, it's like he can counter what he sees from opposing D backs, uh, which uh, I would think is a is a great skill to have. It it doesn't show up uh, always, you know, in the box score and, and things like that, but. Um, can really make those adjustments as needed. You talked about the speed; doesn't really have that top end speed. He's, uh, I would say, a little slight. Uh, again, under two hundred pounds, and I think he's viewed as as just that solid day two pick, probably a second rounder. I don't think there's much of a chance he sneaks into the first round at all. Um, I, I did want to ask you. We we always talk about comps, and uh, I don't know that I have have a great comp for yeah I, yeah I don't know if i have a great comp for amon ross st brown but i did want to ask you if you feel like what we've what we've seen from his brother equinemius st brown with the packers uh or, or maybe i should say what we haven't seen mm-hmm. has has hurt the value of uh amon ross st brown as he enters the nfl of course remember equinemius uh I mean, this time uh, in his draft class a couple years ago, many people, myself included, thought he might be the wide receiver one in the class. 
and he ends up falling, uh, nearly went undrafted. I think he was a seventh-round pick, um, dealt with some injuries, and, and really just has not made an impact for the Packers. Maybe he still can, but you know, likely just well. a player – Right, likely a player that's not going to make it. Do you think that that perception is is hurting Amon Ra? Probably doesn't help, especially if they have any similar personality traits. You know what I mean? Like, if one of them, if there's a trend that they're not the hardest workers or the quickest learners, or and I'm just guessing that because they're brothers. But I do think Equinemius, some of these names aren't easy to get straight here, <laughs> is... Not a dying breed, but he's a lot more gangly and a lot more wasted motion. He doesn't block anybody. He can't operate out of the slot. There's very little versatility to his game. He's not real sudden. He's kind of a 1980s outside-the-numbers receiver that lines up in the same spot every time. And the league doesn't have much patience for that unless you're a star. Yeah, good point. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown did play primarily in the slot at USC, mm-hmm. but uh, we saw him on the outside a little bit. So um, maybe has that versatility that his brother didn't offer. He's uh, also been known as, as a solid blocker uh, yeah. when needed. Also, let's look at his dynasty rookie value. Uh, remember Real at the quick, beginning of this, you said something on the lines of you really like how he moves around the field and adjusts to yeah. those around. Like, I don't think his brother does that. Right, it's kind of kind of a one-trick pony, right? Yeah, right, right. I think they're very different yeah. players the more I think about it, yeah. Yeah. Let's look at Dynasty rookie value for Amon Ross St. Brown. We do have our ADP. You can find that over at Dynasty League Football. We've got rookie ADP and startup ADP, and, and he shows up in both, of course. In our one quarterback rookie ADP, Amon Ross St. Brown is 14 overall, so we're talking about the 2.02 pick if you're in a 12-team league. That made him the wide receiver 8. Also in our Superflex rookie ADP, also the wide receiver 8 and the 18th overall pick, which uh, makes sense adding in the the quarterbacks ahead of him. Uh, Wide receiver 8, does that sound about right to you, Matt? Yeah, and... He sure seems like that second-round pick. And and where I'm going with this is, folks, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas. I mean, these guys were all second-round picks that when they were picked, and my hunches in Dynasty when they were drafted in the you know 10 to 15th overall pick in your rookie draft, nobody went, oh, man, I lost out on that guy. You know, like, not super sexy, not super flashy right now. But there's a lot to like, and a lot of these guys with similar profiles and draft pedigree come into the league and do a lot of good things. Yeah, we could maybe even throw T. Higgins into yeah, that category. Right, right. That will do it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL, and I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.